find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home at last. Behind the baller. Mic check one two one two. What's good, everyone? Happy Monday, and welcome to another brand new episode of the award-winning and still chart-topping Behind the Baller podcast. Guys, starting this Thursday, we are back to two episodes a week, every Monday, every Thursday, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yes, BTB is back, back, back like cook crack, motherfucker. This Thursday happens to be my birthday. Yep, I don't want anything. I don't need anything from you guys. I am Gucci, all right? But this Thursday, we'll be dropping a special birthday episode. I don't know. I'm going to talk about me and my favorite birthday celebrations. Um, I, you know, I haven't had a ton of celebrations for my birthday. When I was like a little kid, I did here and there. But I never really celebrated my birthday, whatever. But the only thing I ask of you guys, the BTB Army, only thing I want for my birthday is when it strikes midnight on Thursday, January 27th, okay, Pacific Standard Time, or even the early morning of Thursday, January 27th, anyone who is listening right now with a Twitter account, all I want you to do is please tweet, happy birthday, Ben Baller. Space out the name, not Ben Baller, one word, two words, Ben, space, Baller, okay? You don't even need to at me. Just spread the word, and that's all I want. I would love if, you know, um, I've trended a few times on, on Twitter, you know what I'm saying, but I would love that happen. Regardless, I love you guys. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, aka I still got no Instagram page, aka Mr. Fuck You. AKA Mr. Never Mad. AKA still Mr. Bad Back. AKA the Korean Roy McAvoy. And of course, always and forever, AKA the Washed Lord. Guys, the real John Cusack has just followed me on Twitter. Okay? This ain't a joke. This is maybe an early birthday present, but the real John Cusack has followed the Korean John Cusack. Guys, this is a 100% independent show, which means we do this for you guys for free. The only way we make money on this is by getting sponsors and by getting your subscriptions. The more people that subscribe, the more free game that I could spit to you guys, all right? So please hit that subscribe button. It helps us out a lot. The haters, you will never stop me, okay? I know you guys listen to the show because you want to know what I'm up to. Why? I don't know. But anyways, hit that subscribe button. You already know, helps us a lot. And I know I promised, but we are flirting with this video idea. Could be a lot sooner than you guys think, all right? Um, this is a Dust Brothers production that is uh, Mr. Miles Davis and Mr. Jordan Winter. Uh, Miles, congrats on that Niners win in uh, Green Bay. It's, it's a big win. I know you're going to lie, okay? 
but watch y'all bitch asses go home after this Sunday, okay? Because the Rams ain't fucking around, right? I think taking down Brady is a way bigger deal than taking down fuckface uh, Aaron Rodgers. They don't fuck with Aaron, but he's just, every fucking time he opens, he's just a fucking motherfucker. But hey, look it. I'm just, it's crazy that you guys have gotten this far with porn star Jimmy because motherfucker didn't throw a goddamn touchdown still enough because y'all defense is tough. Gonna lie to you, you know? More about that later. I actually don't want to talk about the Niners at all, but look, if we had that offensive line, tch, do you even know? BTB Army, this show is sponsored. This show, Behind the Baller podcast, is sponsored by the good folks over at mybookie.ag. If you use my promo code, Ben Baller, you will double your first, your very first deposit up to $1,000, okay? And mybookie.ag has every single bet you could think of, not just NFL, okay? Not just the playoffs or the NBA or even just hockey or whatever. They got UFC. They got boxing. But the best part about it is they have every prop bet that you could think of. They have even shit that you wouldn't think of, okay? Just head over to mybookie.ag and use that promo code BENBALLER. And just know I'm going to go ape shit with my bookie for the Super Bowl. I would like to thank all the people at my bookie for sponsoring Behind the Baller. Okay? So let's get this motherfucking show started, guys. Yes, my Instagram has been officially suspended. I have no idea when it will come back. I don't know why, to be exact, either. I have three people from three top people from different sides, from fashion, from influencer side, even from business side. Don't know. No one has answers. I don't know what to say. Do I care? I mean, yeah. But, you know, I will never let anyone, you know how old I am? Like, I will never let anybody dictate how I make money or how I should live my life. For the most part, I follow the rules. Okay? Now, am I being censored or canceled? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? But, I did not break any real rules, right? People say, oh, what's real? You know, you should, no, shut the fuck up. I did not violate anyone. I may have triggered some sensitive bitch asses, but that is not in the rules of Meta. If you guys know what the fuck Meta is, Meta is formerly known as Facebook, all right? I have never gone in the DMs and told somebody, hey, listen, go eat a dick. Please go kill yourself by 8 p.m. Never done none of that shit. Okay, maybe the only crime is, you know, when I was uh, when I post my meet and greets for my Ben Baller strain, you know, sometimes in the background there might be some weed. I might focus on some of the packaging here and there, but I'm not literally just blatantly posting weed like that. And the funny thing is, I have two pages just for weed. BB did the strain and Ben Baller strain, and you know what? They're both. One has 20-something thousand, 30, and the other one has 58, 60,000 people. There's tons of weed pages, okay? Nothing's for sale, but I get it. It's all bullshit. But look, real talk, I'm losing six figures every few weeks or about a month that it's down, okay? That's no cap, right? And, you know, my wife is actually shocked. She lost her account for like a day and a half or something. She was freaking out. My wife doesn't even barely have 100,000 followers. And she's like, yo, she's tripping. And other people are kind of worried and whatever. And I know that Captain Morgan is working, trying to get it back. And so are my agents, you know, at Excel. And I appreciate it. But you know what? It's like, what can I do at this point? You know, I, I do follow up like every, I was following up like the first two or three days, every 24 hours with my guy, 
you know, who's a friend of mine. Uh, but, you know, at a certain point, what am I going to do? You know, yes, it sucks. But at the same time, I'll make it back with other hustles. You know, you have to be smart and resilient, period. Now, if I was 27, if I was 32, you know, it'd be a different thing. I'd be like, nah, fuck all this. I'm older, smarter, but it is harder, right, to bounce back from certain things. But I've established myself, and there's other ways to make money, and I will regardless. And to be honest with you, I didn't think this podcast was going to really make that much money. But it's starting to pay some bills, you know, because of you guys, because the BTB Army. And that's why I give back a lot. That's why I do a lot of giveaways and everything else. But it pays other people's salaries. It helps out not just Miles and Jordan, but the Dust Brothers have a team, okay? There's other people that are involved, and it helps a lot of people. So doing this show helps people. It helps some of the listeners that listen to this show. But one of the things that I realized while being down and not having an IG, I'm going to have a private page, but it's really, you know, I use that here and there, but it really is like nice to have that because I don't give a fuck what anyone's thinking, whatever, you know. But you know that iPhone feature where it shows you your, your usage, your daily average, and it's every Sunday you get, it's probably Sunday morning, you'll get a notification. And my average iPhone usage is like six to seven hours a day. On a really bad time, maybe from whatever, it could be like eight hours, right? It's the worst. And eight hours is, is one-third of a fucking day, you know, using your phone. Now, ever since last Sunday when my account went down, yesterday I got a notification. And it said my average daily usage was three hours and 43 minutes a day, which is fucking incredible. Not having an Instagram is like having a short vacation, okay? Mostly on my mentals. That's where it's helped me the most, okay? But I refuse to make a backup page. So if you guys want to know what's good with me, then follow my business pages. That would be at BenBallerPod, at BenBallerStrain, okay? Those are the only ways to currently keep up with me on Instagram at the moment, but you already know I'm always live and active on Twitter. I talk my shit. You know, some tweets don't really stay up for more than 48 hours, 72 hours at most. And uh, I just started getting active on TikTok again. I went many months, didn't post anything. Yeah, I know TikTok for kids. Look, fuck it. It is what it is. Just a little bit of information. If you do reach out to me to those Instagram pages I just mentioned earlier, I will maybe receive a message about your message via third party because I do not run any of my business pages or do I even have the passwords or access to them on purpose, okay? Not even I and co. don't have access to it. It's better that way. Trust me, okay? So guys, let's get like really started. Let's get to the motherfucking carne, all right? We got a special episode as promised. I got my guy, Kyle, from credit101.com, who is a fucking credit specialist. He's fixed my shit up, got me over 800, got my wife over 800, and he is the featured guest today and the key sponsor for this episode. He's going to tell you guys how to get your credit shit together. Now, his services aren't free. He's offering some free shit, right? And it's not cheap. But he's giving the BTB Army a huge discount. You hear me? BTB listeners are going to get a discount code 
like a motherfucker, okay? And trust me, if I could have paid what he's charging to get my credit back in order, back in the day when I fucked it up three times and I was broke and didn't really have anything, I would have figured it out because there's other ways, you know, but I had to go through that myself. Just saying, if you're over 30, I'm just saying like you should be on, you know, on point before that. But if you're over 30 and your credit's fucked up, and you could get access to this type of money to pay for this service, I'm telling you right now, you need to, all right? And and to be real honest with, like transparent with you guys, my credit wasn't all that solid up till about, you know, maybe seven years ago. It bounced around between 650 and like 700 here and there, but it was like a solid, like, you know, it was in the, in the mid to high sixes from like 2000. 10-ish to 2015 and it dropped here and there some stupid little dumb things here and that came back and popped up didn't really understand and I was paying for credit shit but Kyle he got me back on point so him and my boy Rob aka at ballin on Twitter and at ballin on, on Instagram will be on the pod today to drop some credit knowledge and give you guys some paid game now it's a very worthy game alright so I'm just saying but before we get to any of that credit talk, what a fucking week, man. Obviously, I had a lot of free time because I wasn't fucking around my phone and, and you know, checking all kinds of random shit from cars to whatever and fucking gossip and all that other bullshit that was uh, keeping me bullshit um, entertained. And uh, I don't be, you know, going on bitches' pages. If you go to my Explore page, you're going to see a bunch of watches, fucking shoes, sports, and cars. Okay? like. I don't follow any IG thoughts. Even though there's some girls, obviously, have followers and have, you know, buxom bodies. It's not, you know, what you think. These are fucking people that I know I'm friends with and everything else. And, you know, uh, Nicolette wouldn't even have any of that. But anyways, a lot of organizing has gone down this past week with my agent, um, with my network team. We had to postpone the, the toaster drop, which uh, is only, you know, postpone a week. But all because of my IG situation. Like, it's fucking insane that someone who relies on social media can get their livelihood taken away. And, and people say, oh, well, you should follow the rules. No, listen. I didn't make any threats. Did not threaten anybody's life. I did not spread any false information. I did not post any explicit stuff. I didn't, you know, any of those major things. Didn't tell anybody to go kill them. I didn't say any kind of, I didn't spew any hateful shit. You know, um, my buddy Doug Ellen, he's a creator and a producer of, of a director of um, um, the TV show, the hit TV show Entourage. And I realized, you know, that show's been off the air for like fucking shit, like seven, eight, I forgot how long it's been. But some of you guys are so fucking young, you don't even know what the fuck Entourage is. An amazing show on HBO. Um, he made a comment to a friend and he said, I'm going to beat you so bad. And he was talking about paddle ball, like paddle tennis. No joke, not, not joking at all. But the algorithm picked it up is that he had his account fucking deleted for a week. And he had contact everyone. I'm sure he has way bigger plugs than I do. And, um, you know, it's just wild what's going on over there. And from some people that I've spoken to, they've talked to people who have, you know, a high salary job at Facebook, at Meta. And one of the agreements that these people had to sign when signing their employment contract was, 
I promise not to help any of my friends or any celebrities get their accounts back. Like, what kind of fuck shit bullshit are y'all on? It's just weird. And it's just some real weird shit that Zuckerberg's on. I don't know. But yeah, look, short vacation. I got to spend some time with my wife and kids. Still got to strategize with my team. Shout out to XL Sports Management. Shout out to Eric and Matt, my agents. They're really on point. And um, I took off because I had to handle some business. So uh, I went to San Francisco for a few days, for four days, you know, um, getting Ben Body the strain business stronger. And, you know, I was going to bring Ryder in London, but, you know, Omicron's still kind of around. Plus, they're in school, so I feel bad because London was like, when am I going? When am I going? So, you know, it's like, all right, it is what it is. So anyways, last Sunday, my Crypto.com account got compromised. I think I mentioned it on the last episode. Of course, I did. $14,100 and change was taken from my account. Um, I was able to get a hold of the CEO of the company via my dude, Pomp, and, um, with some digging around and investigation work via my friend Billy Marcus, aka co-founder of Dogecoin, like for real, you already know his episode's one of the highest downloaded ever. We both saw some fishy ass shit, but he saw he showed me what I need to be looking for because he went deep diving into the metaverse and all that shit. But we found out this week that Crypto.com had been hacked and had been robbed of over $30 million in Ethereum and, and uh, Bitcoin. So about $15 million in Ethereum, $15 million in Bitcoin. Now, if this was like Wells Fargo or Chase or Bank of America, I highly doubt FDIC insurance would have kicked in this fast. Okay, because after I already recorded the show, by like Monday night, I was refunded my entire amount that was taken. The whole fucking amount was brought back into my account. And the thing is, I'm still wondering how the fuck they got past the two-factor authentication because that shit, I've never logged in on the, on the website, never on my fucking, on my MacBook, nowhere. It's been on my phone. That's with Coinbase. That's with uh, MetaMask. That's with Binance. That's with any exchange. But from the comments of people on Twitter and everything else like that, what's so fucking wild to me is that you know, I'm not an average Joe, right? Not in almost any way that I live my life. As much as I want to be normal and go to Target and do certain things, I'm just saying, going to McDonald's, I love these little things. I even shit, literally take a shit in an $8,000 toilet, okay? That's not a flex, right? Am, am I bragging? Like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? You sound crazy. No, it's not bragging if you're telling the truth. What I mean is I've made a ton of mistakes and I've been down wrong paths because I like to explore and get lost and find out more about anything and everything that I've worked really hard to get where I am. So at this point in my life, which I'm very, you know, I feel I'm very, you know, honored and taken back by a lot of people that think like, oh shit, you look like you're still in your late 30s or, you know, you don't look any day over 40 or something, whatever. Do you think I'd have eight figures in cryptocurrency with the financial team and everything else without a cold wallet? I haven't even spoke about it here, but I'm saying just the people who randomly comment like, oh, what the fuck? Because a lot of news sites had mentioned my name. And I'm talking big news sites, not just like Coinbase. I'm talking about like Newsweek and fucking Vice and um, the New York Times. There was a lot of big fucking bi Bloomberg, you know. And again, what's fucking mind-blowing is that someone would kindly suggest, even if it was nice, that, you know, or think without knowing 
who I am. And yes, not everyone knows who I am. I understand that. I'm not famous like that. I'm not fucking Brad Pitt. Or I'm, not, I'm not Shaquille O'Neal, okay? Or I'm not Drake. But before you speak to someone about a situation saying stupid, asinine, common sense bullshit, do your own research before you sound like a fucking jackass. You know? Simple. Doesn't take very long. Some people are too lazy. I get it. Okay? Do your own research. Look, Aaron Rodgers, he could do his own research now because he got a bunch of time now, right? He's got taken out. He's been immunized. <laughs> All right, bad joke. Anyways, but the dumb fucks who think shit was sweet, that shit, like the comments, like, yo, maybe next time you should do two-factor authentication or maybe next time you should have a cold one. No, maybe next time you should shut the fuck up. It like, this shit really pushes my wig back. Like, you know, my five crypto wallets, they play musical chairs every day. I don't just sit there and keep shit in exchange here and there. And I know what the fuck is going on. If I got to buy something, if I'm doing shit, I'm fucking with it on a regular basis. I'm very active. There isn't 24 hours that goes by where I'm not switching things inside my own crypto wallets. That doesn't mean I'm cashing out. Especially does that mean I'm cashing out and fucking paying time. I did that one time, you know, last year, about 10 months ago, or was it eight, nine months ago? Look, understand this. Even just doing simple business, just doing a collaboration, whether it be Shaka, whether it be fucking Casio, whether it be Puma, it doesn't matter what it is, okay? It could be fucking anything from small to big, network to tailor-made, whatever the fuck it is. A simple business collab with me is never going to be via verbal agreements or a handshake. Okay, guys, it's 2025. My business team is no joke. Shit is not going to be a walk in the park. Now, I feel bad for those who got their life savings stolen. It was sad. But it seems as if, like, I think a very high majority or most of the people affected by this crypto theft were recouped of their lost funds. Okay? Now, the people who weren't, something was funny, funny style, whatever. You got to fucking be careful. That's why crypto is not for everyone. You know? This is a lot more paying attention and being careful than just a regular bank account. But the gain... And the potential is a thousand times higher than just normal banking. You know, it's decentralized, guys. You have to understand. Even my boy Ice-T called me. He was like, yo, bro, I need to see what the fuck is good. Like, I got $38,000 missing from my crypto.com account. He didn't want to go public with it, whatever. He knew I was going to talk shit about it here. But look, I helped him out. But that starts another thing before we get into the interview. I can't help everyone out. Okay. I get requests every single day to help out people. Oh, I'm a single mom, you know, uh, I lost my job, my car's broken down, or, you know, or I get a family like, oh, you know, we have a son who's sick, he has cancer. And look, although it breaks my heart, you know, and, and some of it could be, you know, it could be real in it. You know, I see some of it here and there, but it's like I have to, you know, train myself to be like, all right, well, you know, if somehow it gets to me certain things, even if I can, not going to. You know, it's not 1982 anymore, meaning people aren't honest. And even if you are, I'm not goodwill because I do above and beyond my job. You know, when you see like, okay, well, can you do this much? And there's like a, you know, a, a chart or a graph like, okay, could you donate this much? Can you do this much in your life? Can you help these many people out in your life? Put me a million percent past any of those, those, those scales, right? I'm not goodwill. I help a lot of people around me get to the bag. 
In fact, I have helped almost every single person who was around me who needed help that is maybe currently a friend or was a friend of mine. If they needed help and I could help, I've helped so many fucking people. Every single person that's been around me. But, you know, a lot of people, I put myself like, you know, I'm usually the weakest link around like my crew crew. People are out there really doing bigger things. And it helps me, you know what I'm saying, climb and reach and aspire for more. You know, like I'm not like hanging out with a bunch of scrubs. That's how I've always been. But at the same time, there are homies I got that are, you know, work at a grocery store, whatever. I have shined the spotlight on some people. Not everyone wants to work. Not everyone wants to be rich. Let me take that back. Not everyone wants to get, or not everyone wants to work to get where I am and do what I got to go through. They'd rather do other shit. I'd rather play video games, whatever. Cool. I'm not telling you motherfuckers to take all those days off. You know what I mean? I'm not telling you guys to bust your ass and think about shit at two in the morning or think about whatever. You know, it don't stop for me. I, you know, I haven't had a nine to five since. When was last time? 1999 was the last time I had a nine to five. I have opened my eyes until I close my eyes. That's my grind. All right. Lastly, and most importantly, I am not running a charity, right? Sometimes I feel generous, and I'll do these giveaways, and I'll give things away, sometimes quietly, and I've done it. I've given cash out, you know, given cash apps to people, do certain things here and there. I just do it when I want to do it on my time. And even sometimes, Jordan Winter, one half of the Dust Brothers, uh, one-fourth of the Captain Picks, right? He'll send me stories of people that he sees need help. You know, he'll read stories here and there, and Jordan will go through it. Jordan's a really good person. One of those best people I fucking know in life. All right? Fucking love this guy. Man, I'm just telling you. And, you know, sometimes he comes across things where people need help, whatever, and I'll help him out because he's done some screening for me. But even that now has got to come to a stop right now. For it's gonna, It has to stop for a little while. Okay, guys, look at Times are tough. I don't know how many times I have to say this. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. And with that right now, we got to talk about crypto because we're talking about crypto, right? Crypto has had one of the worst crashes in the last six months. Crypto has crashes, what it is. That's crypto. This is not a get in and get out game. Yes, sure, some people have done it, you know, with shit coins. People have pulled rugs, promoted a fucking BSC token to fucking and ask people to sign up to a Discord and call themselves crypto analysts. Look, I'm not a financial advisor, but my friends who run hedge funds and are real, real savvy in that business world, they've gone to those Discord pages and they've bet against those so called fucking crypto advisors. Okay, I'm not a crypto advisor. I'm not a financial advisor. I am a free game advisor. Fun fact, all facts. I have been offered over $1 million so far total to promote some NFTs and some shitty ass tokens. All BSE tokens, okay? People don't know what a BSE token is. They should see what it is. Even my boy, one of my close friends, I have his name written down here. Then I realize, you know what? I'm not going to do that to him. But this is a friend of mine 
very big in the streetwear game. He doesn't realize it. He's deep dived into the metaverse like nobody I fucking know. And he's made his money here and there, but it's crazy. I think he's just occupying his time and he just likes the community. But he has a coin, okay? Now, I don't want to hate, but if you look up the definition of multi-level marketing, you will see what I mean. And if you look up what BSC token is, you will understand. Because you're paying to get in, paying to get out, whatever. SafeMoon, cryptocurrency, which I used to own some. SafeMoon is a Ponzi scheme. Hence why it is not on the major exchanges. But anyways, look, people are asking me, why is crypto down this time? Like, what's going on? You know, I've done, you know, there's been times where China banned it. There's been times with other countries banned it. It's real, you know, at this point right now, it's winter, it's the new year, it's tax season. People need the money for other things, which is crazy too, because why are you putting your tax money into this, right? And and I'm not joking. I'm not even fucking kidding, 1%. One of the biggest reasons I think that crypto is down is because people are simply fucking bored. You know, I'm dead ass serious. They're just fucking bored. They got the money here. I don't fucking care, whatever. Now, if you're day trading, and I'm talking about stocks now real quick, right? Which is dangerous, but you know how to do that. Then you can get some bread quick on a daily basis. My boy Rex, my, I'm sorry, my cousin Rex did it. Rest in peace, right? If you play penny stocks, I get it. But crypto is a totally different animal. When people have their money sitting somewhere for a little while, they get itchy. Get it, especially when it's like, you know, maybe a couple thousand, maybe it's 4,000, maybe it's coming, maybe they drive Uber, maybe they need the money to pay bills. I don't know. They're highly influenced by small people. Oh shit. Oh my God. Crypto's falling apart. I got to get out. Why'd you get in? (laughs) That's not what this is. You know, that's not how it works. But but that's the way of the world. But what's even more mind blowing is people selling their crypto into fiat. Like, what? Like, what? You're putting your shit back into fucking fiat? You're putting your shit back into the US dollar? Jesus Christ. Like, do you know how how weak our fucking dollar is right now? Like, some countries don't even fucking accept it because they're just like, yo, it's never, I've never in my, in my life seen people laugh at America. It's crazy. All right, guys, here's some free game via my boy, Billy Marcus, but it's also something that I understand. And I want you guys to understand if you're holding crypto, NFTs or something, okay, that you believe. Look at bear markets, bear crypto markets are always going to be longer than bull run markets, okay? So if there's a bear run, bear runs last longer than bull runs. I don't have time to sit here and tell you guys what a bear market is in crypto or a bull market in stocks, whatever it may be, Okay. There is no guarantee that the next cycle will be bigger than this one, right? You know, Bitcoin hit 60-something, what, 68,000, whatever it was. Look, I don't know if it's going to hit that again. I'm hopeful that Bitcoin jumps back up to 75 to 100, whatever. Hopeful that Ethereum goes up to 5Gs, 7Gs, 10K, okay? But I will say this, cutting risks or cutting your losses is a choice. I get it. But don't get in if you don't understand the crypto game. Don't get in if you can't lose a little. Don't risk what you can't afford to lose. Hang out for a minute. Have some coffee. Chill. 
Forget about your wallet and whatever. That's what that's where you're, you're going to make your paper. See what's good then. I could have cashed out when Doge hit 75 cents, but I stayed at 1.8 million coins. But, but oh, we can't do that shit. We ain't got the money like you. I understand that. I fully do. That's why I'm not, I'm just saying. But I stayed in and I'm at an average of 11 cents. It almost hit that, I think. This, what did it get? It got down pretty low this week, right? This weekend. And I got in originally with Doge with uh, 875,000 coins, right? At 0.003 cents. And I bought a shit ton. I copped my Ethereum at an average of $900. So even though shit has dropped a lot, I'm still up. All right? I copped all my Bitcoin at an average of $4,900. Like just a little bit under $5,000, okay? So yeah, I'm up, up. I never forced anybody to get in when I got in. There was times, you know, where crypto was fucking just shit and it went years. It just went crazy in the last two years. But had you guys got in when I got in, every single one of you guys would be up by a shit ton right now. Even if you only invested $1,000. Bitcoin is dancing right now in the 30s, right? I mean, it's up a little bit, went down, but some people think it's going to go down to the 20s. I still think no matter what, understand that Bitcoin is very limited. It's still the Hermes of, of cryptocurrency. And too many rich white elitists are in it to let it fail. So currently right now, it is the, the term that everyone's using, it is on sale at the moment. Now me, I'm not buying anymore. I have a lot. Do I not believe in it? No. Why the fuck if I didn't believe in it, I would get out. I'm not getting out. Okay? I'm not going to sit there and fucking pay taxes on some shit. You know? And that's how you obviously you get caught up. You fucking pay taxes on shit that you sell. That's one of the reasons why cryptocurrency is so attractive to many. Because if you know what you're doing, you don't leave a footprint. All right. But at the moment, if you just and this is not this is not advice. I'm just saying at the moment, it seems like Solana and Ethereum are the safest bets. And that's where, you know, I'm trending to put a lot of money in that right there because I'm already holding. So I'm like, fuck it. Because everyone use, you know, people use Ethereum every single day. It's the most used by far. Anything brand new wise is a big gamble, but the big gambles, huge, huge gains, okay? So if any of you used your stimulus check to cop any of the newer crypto back two years ago, then you would be fucking good, okay? G-O-O-D-T. Anyways, um, the most important lesson during this pandemic is make sure your credit is good. Some people be like, oh, it's bullshit. You need this one. You need food. But I'm telling you right now. Yes, I understand that some of you guys can't pay your bills on time and there might be ways, you know, to get around that. But you can call these creditors. You can call these banks and try to get extensions. You'd be surprised. You got to be fucking patient. You'd have to be really going out there. I go hard on shit, even to this day. Sometimes I let it go. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm not tripping on that. But on certain things, my credit, I'm not, I'm not letting that shit go down. Refusal. Okay. I know there's guys out there with simple minds like my boy um, Lil Duval who thinks credit is stupid. He's like, oh, you're just, you're getting all this shit to borrow shit. Why don't you just buy stuff when you can pay for it all in cash? You know what? I, I refuse to, I can't believe, like Duval is very small-minded, very fucking, you know, Florida boy in certain ways, whatever. And I, 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 look, I commend him. 
being able to buy his cars, cash all the way through his plane and his crib and having, you know, credit outside. Well, not credit, but having assets outside the country because the country's fucked up here and there. But if he had another solid financial advisor, then he'd realize he's dead wrong. But I'll get into that with this interview. Okay, enough about that. I'm just saying, like, credit is fucking very, very important. My mother said this to me a long time ago. She said to me many times, my mom is fucking 80, right? And she's still understands how serious it is with credit. But look, guys, we're going to take a really short break and we're going to get into how to fix your credit and credit 101, right, with credit101.com. Yo, Miles, man, hit the army off with some Lakey and uh, let's get everybody above a 700 FICO score when we get back. All right. Yo, yo, what up, y'all? Happy New Year again. I'm not going to say Happy New Year anymore, but I just want to let you guys know it's been a minute since we've had the credit specialists on this podcast. Actually, it's credit101.com. But uh, you guys remember, we have my boy Rob, aka at Ballin. His real fucking Instagram name is at Ballin. Like, what kind of the nerve, right? That he wouldn't have give me that fucking name. Anyways, um, he's a business manager for NFL athletes. Uh, we've chopped about credit before. They've been on the show twice. But today, we don't just have Rob on. We actually have the owner of Credit 101. This dude is a real serious dude. His name is Kyle. He kills it in the credit game. Um, let's get started with Rob. Rob, what's good, bro? How's it going, my man? How you doing? I'm good, dog. Uh, like... What have you been up to? I know you got COVID dude, recently. Dude, bro, can you tell my voice? Man, yeah, bro. Just fucking COVID, man. It's, it's uh, killing me. But other than that, I'm all good, bro. I'm alive. Okay. So, I mean, uh, what's your credit score right now? Right now, I'm at a 757, yo. I'm not mad at that. Hey, I'm not yeah, well. yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, You're welcome. That's kinda, yeah. <laughs> hey, see, everyone wants a pat on the back. Just slide that in there. Hey, you know what's funny is... I just posted my credit score before my Instagram account got t- taken down as a sus- I got suspended. I had an 801. And Kyle, thank you very much for that, by the way. So, um, Kyle, we didn't have you on the first two times. Uh, it's an honor to have you on now. I know you're a very busy man um, making all that money because you're, you're saving people's lives. So, bro, you've been in the credit game for 10 years or so? Yeah, just about 10 years, man. And, uh, I just wanted to get on here. Like you said, man, it's the new year. Everyone obviously has that fresh mindset. You know, they want to change their life for the new year. And there's no better place to start than with credit. So I'm, I'm just happy to be on the show. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're a top 10 business show in 19 countries right now. So Kyle, do me a favor, man. Tell me, like, could you please tell the people why you got into credit fixing and how you got in the game? Um, I come from very humble beginnings. So I grew up with a disabled mother. My father was in and out of prison. So I really didn't have nobody to support like my dreams, you know, no stepping stones, no family members that I could reach out to, nobody that could ask for help. Right. So um, just me being a go getter and, you know, thinking about the best possible way, um, you know, that I could get some money, you know, what, what's the next step? What's going to level the playing field for me? And the answer that I came up with was credit, right? That's something um, that I knew I could establish on my own and that I could build relationships with people and eventually get loans and, you know, take my business ventures to the next level. Um, so I started dabbling around, playing with my own credit, 
um, build some good history. I started a motorcycle company at first. Um, and then I realized, man, that I had a gift um, helping people fix their credit. I helped my mom, I helped my aunt, my cousin, a couple other family members. And I figured, man, um, nothing's more fulfilling than, than giving back and just showing people that come from the same beginnings that I have, you know, that, hey, this is a stepping stone and this can help you guys get out of your current situation and take, you know, whatever goals or dreams you have to that next level. Wait a second, bro. Hold on, man. Are you trying to tell me that you did this shit on some like just self-experimental shit? Like you didn't even do it on a, you didn't have like professional help somewhere else. You messed around with yours, then a couple family members, and then you became a professional in the credit game. You, you didn't go to school. No, that's originally uh, how it got started, man. I don't really think there's a school out there to teach you um, about how to repair your credit. I mean, you know, these vultures, these banks out there, they make money off of you having bad credit. So um, there's really no one out there that teaches this. So it's all self-taught. You know, I just obviously the power of the Internet, man. If you look hard enough, you can figure things out and then trial and error, trial and error. And like I said, I've been doing this for 10 years. So, you know, things get better with time. The more you practice, the better you get at it. Um, you know, my teachings are, are the way that I go about things are different than anyone else in the industry. Um, I believe we are the industry leaders, um, when it comes to repairing people's credit and that our methods are, are second to none and, and no one out there is doing what we're doing as fast as we are doing it. You know, it's interesting. Um, I've spoke about this very often, especially early on in the podcast, uh, when we started over two years ago and I told people I have screwed my credit up three times completely terrible like you know 400 500s um for me to get even in the 650 area at least at that point i could start getting a decent car you know yes the interest rate's gonna suck but you know that was important to me to even get to a 680 so i could be on a tier two or tier three on a mercedes benz where they won't even go and look at anybody under a 680 right so it's like now you getting me at 801 is like I, I think my next question getting into this is nobody knew the pandemic was coming coming you know, once they kind of announced it, and obviously I was talking about the, the the COVID situation around late January, February. I was like, yo, shit's about to get serious. People are like, yo, you fucking need to relax, blah, blah. Whether anyone believes in the virus or not, whatever, it's changed the country forever. It's changed the world forever. And one thing I've been wanting to ask you for about 10 months now is how important is credit during the pandemic, Kyle? I mean, credit can be a saving grace for some people. Like you said, you don't have to believe in the virus, but I mean, you can believe in that, that crash in the economy. Everyone's feeling it. Um, you know, people are out of work, um, you know, dependent on loans, you know, waiting for that signal to say, hey, I can go back and make some money and provide for my family. So if one, if you have better credit, like you said, the interest rate might be higher if you have bad credit. So you are paying more for the loans that you do have um, if you do have bad credit. Um, and if you had good credit, at least you had something to fall back on. Right. You had banks that trusted you. Maybe you had cards, available lines of credit to help get you through this pandemic. Um, you know, maybe you could refinance, take out loans on your home, whatever it was. So the people that had good credit, credit, excuse me, when the pandemic hit, they're obviously in a much better position than those that didn't. And we're depending on that week to week paycheck. Did you notice, like, let's say like summer 2020? Did you notice your business going up or going down? You know what I'm saying? Where people hitting you like, oh, shit, I got my credit fixed. Like, hey, my my, my business is booming during the pandemic. I mean, I, I, figured. I, I was I was fortunate enough to be one of the people that got, uh, you know, an increase in business. I right? figured, like, man. The demand is definitely there. The, the demand is at an all-time high because, like you, like you, to your point, you know, 
people out of work, even if they do have good credit, some of them can't afford to pay those credit card bills back. Um, and that's where I come in, right? I can, I can help try to remove some of that debt that you guys have and get you in a better position for a fraction of the cost. Damn. You know, it's funny you said that. Um, I just took advantage when, when the interest rates like, you know, dropped below 2%. I was like, yo, fuck this. On my main residence, I was like, yo, I'm about to fucking, you know, refinance. Like it was a huge difference, you know? And I have a jumbo, jumbo, jumbo loan. You know, I don't have like, you know, it's, it's you know, in the multi-millions. And uh, for me to chop it down quite a bit, it helped. Um, I don't know if, and again, so you guys know, this is on the fly. I have a couple questions I was thinking about, and there's some general things for you guys who are out there inquiring about credit. But this is something that he has no idea I'm about to ask him about. And um, I don't know if you know this, Kyle, or if you, if you have an answer, or, if you under, or you could tell me why. But Capital One. I had a $40,000 visa with them. I don't use it very often, whatever. But, you know, I got a great credit score, thank you, obviously, you know, and I've had great credit for a few years now. Um, during, like, September, October of, the, of 2020, when shit was really getting bad, Capital One dropped my credit line from 45K, or 40, yeah, 45K, to 10,000. And I, I, my credit's excellent. Why the fuck you think they did that? They're just mitigating the risk. I mean, they know that, you know, people are starting to fall behind and they want to go ahead and take it away from you before you have the opportunity to max that card out just in case that's something you were relying on. Right. So that's, that's 100 percent the reason. And then two real quick, man, what, what they're trying to do, too, is um, a lot of these big banks, they want to give out these government back loans. So like these EIDL, these PPP, stuff like that, to where if the consumer isn't paying it back, the government's liable to pay it back. Right. So a lot of people were getting in on that because it was more of a, a better bet, a guarantee for their, you know, their money. Right. So you said government. It's interesting. I have a question. Are credit reporting agencies a part of the government? No, they are privately owned, uh, you know, for profit agencies. So they're definitely there to make money and they're not owned by the government. But they do have rules and regulations in place that allow us to dispute any negative items that you may have on your credit report. So Equifax, TransUnion, Experian, they're all privately owned? Correct. Oh, shit. So what's the difference between a Vantage score and a FICO score? I just I was actually curious for my own personal reference. It's just the way that they calculate your score and what they're using to come up with the number. Um, you know, I tell a lot of people that score really isn't important. Score is just like a general idea of, of what's on your credit profile. The main thing that people look at is history, right? So you can pull your credit from a few different lenders and everyone's going to have a different score from you. It's going to fluctuate depending on what system they're using to come up with your score. The main thing they're looking for is similar accounts. So if you're getting a home loan, they're looking for home loans or rental history. If you're getting an auto loan, they're looking for auto loans or auto history. You know, if you're getting a credit card, they're looking for similar credit lines. So you can have very low credit lines and a good credit score and still not qualify for high loans, right? Still not qualify for high amounts of credit. So the main thing that people want to worry about is their history that's a lot more important than just your credit score. Yeah, so guys, uh, as you know, I have a lot of uh, cars. And not only just regular cars, you know, I have high ticket cars from um, upwards of uh, $1.8 million vehicles, you know. And um, I have, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, different loans, leases, everything. So my next question is, you know, well, I'm sorry, let me tell you guys something real quick. I didn't know that there's something called car credit. Whereas you may have a 720 and the next guy might have an 800 
And, you know, he might own a bunch of cars outright, you know, minor finance here or there, but doesn't have like, you know, revolving credit or have a lot of history of leases and paid off loans and stuff. Whereas I do, and let's say his credit score is higher than mine significantly, but now when it comes to getting a loan at a better interest rate, I'm probably going to get approved better because of how many, you know, loans and uh, car loans and, and, and car leases I've had. So uh, he, he is he is telling, you know, that's that's something that, that I had to learn. And I'm fucking old as hell. I had to learn that shit. Like, I learned it recently that car credit was totally different than just regular credit. What can you do about bankruptcy? How hard is that to remove? Can you remove that? How long does bankruptcy stay on your credit file? Like, that's like one of the, one of the more highest asked uh, questions from my followers. So, yeah, I'm glad you asked that. A lot of people think uh, you cannot remove bankruptcy. Um, it, you actually can remove bankruptcy. And, and the thing is, is that bankruptcies themselves don't actually affect your credit score. It's the, account to, the accounts that were closed that were tied to the bankruptcy. Excuse me. A bankruptcy goes on your public records. So it doesn't actually affect your credit score at all. And now if you have accounts that were closed and settled during that bankruptcy, obviously those closed accounts are going to affect your credit score, right? So the first thing that we do is we have to attack those accounts. Once we remove everything that ties you to that bankruptcy, then we can go ahead and dispute the actual bankruptcy from your public record. Um, but we have gotten them removed in the past. It is a case-by-case scenario, so I don't want to make any promises, any guarantees. But the best thing that any of your listeners can do is they can call in. They can reach one of my team members. We can review their credit and we give them realistic expectations going forward because every single person's credit is different from the next person. Right. So, you know, just because I was able to remove it one person doesn't mean I'll be able to remove it for the next. Um, but we do do free consultations um, to all your listeners that are calling it, you know, that want to call in. We'll review their credit. We'll give them, you know, a true, honest answer and let them know if we can help them or we can't. Amazing. Uh, before I even get into all the latest, like when I, when, I, when I do the drops and I do all of the stuff and, and the call outs, what is that phone number they can get the free consultation at? For all, any of your listeners that want to call in, they want to find out exactly what we can do for them, get that free consultation. They can reach us at 888-234-2199. And again, that's 888-234-2199. Okay. So my next question is, What's the price difference between credit101.com and all these other credit building companies that are on Instagram, that are on Facebook, that are all over the internet, that you see all these, you know, when, when you type in credit, all those SEO ads come up. Like, what are your, what's, I mean, how competitive are you guys with pricing? Um, be honest with you, man, it, it's not about pricing. It's more about the service that you're going to get and the fact that we're not going to go ahead and damage your chances of repairing your credit from the very beginning. But for all of your listeners that do want to call in, we are doing up to 60% off. Um, typically, we charge $2,500, and we're doing $997 um, for any of your listeners. And they can sign up directly at credit101.com forward slash Ben Baller. Um, you know we always take care of your listeners. But um, as a, a, to my point back to about our service, there's a lot of things that most credit repair companies do that actually damage your chances of getting these items removed, and they help validate the collection accounts that are reporting to the three main agencies. And then by the time you contact us, a lot of the damage is already done, and maybe we would have been able to get these accounts off had you originally contacted us. Um, but now that they already have the information that they're looking for to validate the debts, it's a lot harder for us to do it later on. Damn, I didn't know that. I didn't know that credit... Fixing people uh, could, could fuck your credit up even worse. That's crazy, especially when they're trying to help you. Let's say one of my listeners pays uh, 997 
you know, um, you you evaluate them, and their credit is pretty bad. You know, they got late payments, thirty days charge offs, all that good shit, right? <laughs> I mean, how long do you think? Uh, like, what should they expect? Could this be fixed? Hopefully, in six months, three months, a year. Like, what, what what's a typical person with you know you know three or four really bad um, you know charge offs and things like that? Like, what's a typical time frame? I mean, again, this is a case by case scenario. So the best way for us to determine is to look over, you know, their credit report. Um, but typically we start to see results within the first 45 days. Um, after that 45 days has passed, we have a better understanding of what we need to do going forward to attack the items that haven't came off. Within that first 45 days, what we're doing is reaching out to any uh, collection accounts or any negative remarks um, that are reporting to, you, you know, the three main credit bureaus. And we're asking them, um, for information on these accounts, right? So once we get that information back, uh, we're able to make a better evaluation of exactly what we need to do moving forward. Right. I'll just touch the point, man, that you were saying, like you didn't know these other credit agencies could go ahead and, and actually fuck up the credit repair process. And just to give you an example of exactly how they can do that is a lot of these credit monitoring services have something that's called an arbitration agreement, right? So Experian being the main one. So if you go to experience privacy policy and you can look this up online and your listeners and you go to section 23 um, and I believe it's section A, it states that you're signing an arbitration agreement and you're giving up your right to take experience a litigation. Right. So if you're using experience to monitor your credit during the credit repair process, right, they know you have this arbitration agreement assigned and they'll literally just throw your disputes in the trash because they know that they're null and void and you cannot take them to litigation, meaning that your threats mean nothing. And I see a lot of credit repair companies telling people to use experience to monitor their credit. And a lot of people call over from other agencies telling us that they went through the credit repair process while they were using Experian. And a lot of times they're given access to their bank account, um, you know, and a lot of their information um, that's going to help validate these debts. I mean, if it doesn't make sense that you can't use Experian and fight Experian at the same time, right? So... A lot of these places don't even give you the heads up from the very beginning um, that you shouldn't do this. And it's very damaging uh, to the credit repair process. And then again, you know, if you went through, you know, an agency that wasn't aware and didn't fill you in, um, you know, obviously you may not see the results that you were looking for. Damn. So can you tell the followers what types of things can be removed from a credit sweep? We've removed literally everything. I mean, I've removed child support, bankruptcies, collections, late payments, uh, repossessions. I mean, Ben's about to laugh at <laughs> you Holy shit, fucking shit. Dude, when he said child support, <laughs> when he said child support, bro, Kyle, I'm sorry. I didn't look at Doc. I didn't mean to throw you under the bus. Dude, do me a favor. I don't, I don't have child support. Obviously, I don't have child support. I have three kids. Um, I'm married. <laughs> But uh, Rob, you dumb fuck, you fucked the whole thing up because you fucking blew my mind when you just said that right now. Hold on, I'm sorry. You can, and you could you could start all over again. You can fucking you you've removed child support from credit. Holy shit! Yeah, we've gotten child support removed. Correct, man. Okay, sorry. So go keep going with the credit sweep. I'm so sorry. Keep going. I what, mean, what? medical bills. I mean, there's literally nothing that we haven't removed. Now, again, this is a case by case scenario, and it is a two way street here, right? What we like to do is educate our clients and tell them what they shouldn't do during the credit repair process, um, you know, obviously. And, and we like to do our job, you know, to the best of our abilities. If the client is not listening to the advice that we give them, it's going to directly affect the results, right? So 
Some people listen, they don't answer the call when debt collectors are calling in. They're not using anything other than identity IQ to monitor their credit. Um, and obviously they're going to have the best results, right? And then you get other people out there that are answering the phone, trying to negotiate with debt collectors and, and basically just going against everything that we advise. And it's helping to validate these debts, right? So results definitely vary. It is a two-way street. We can only educate our clients and hope that they follow the rules. Um, but, you know, the ones that listen, they, they most likely are the ones that are getting this child support removed. Jesus Christ. So um, another thing, too, that is uh, probably the third highest question that people have asked. When you get something, a derogatory, removed from their credit report, what are the chances of that coming back on? Um, so it is possible that it may come back on. Um, and usually when it does come back, it's because that debt collector now sold the debt to somebody else. And the person that bought the debt was unaware that this had already been challenged and removed from the credit uh, reporting agencies. Um, so they may go ahead and, and report this again. Now, if that happens, I mean, we definitely will go ahead and attack this and get it removed for you again. It's, it's nothing to worry about. You just go ahead, bring it to our attention. Most of the time, my agents catch this on their own and we'll go ahead and, and send out another round of disputes for you. Um, but by the small chance that we don't, you go ahead, give us a call. And we'll make sure we take care of it. That's fucking crazy because I've seen it where like, you know, say for instance, um, uh, I owed Ford like in 2002. I had a Harley Davidson F-150 and I let a buddy of mine borrow it. And then um, this guy tells me he gets jacked by the Hells Angels and drives the car to Canada. Don't ask me what the fuck, whatever. I never saw the car again. So I'm like, yo, dude, this is a lease. It was like 800 bucks a month. Like, I'm not fucking paying this car. Like I told the people, stolen, boom. But obviously Ford's like, hey, bro. You know, they didn't say, hey, bro, but they're like, hey, you, you know, you signed up for this lease. That's not our fucking problem. It got stolen. Boom. You got to pay this. And I was like, fuck that. So it was a loss. It wasn't about the lease. It was like, you know, it was, a, it was an issue. And um, it lingered. Then all of a sudden, one other company had it. So they started reporting, you know, the negative on this. Boom. And then another company bought it like four years ago. Then I got my credit fixed. And then somehow, some way, it went to court. I don't know. I lost a fucking something. Then they put a judgment. All this crazy shit that has happened. So, guys... It's really tricky when you fuck up your credit. It's really imperative that you listen to everything that this man is saying because he doesn't come on the fucking show. You think when I was getting my credit fixed that fucking Kyle was talking to me? It doesn't matter if I'm fucking worth eight figures. That motherfucker is busy, man. If you see this guy's room, this guy looks like the fucking Terminator. He's crazy, you know? He's, he ain't got time to fucking mess around with, you know, some small penny any shit, but he fixed my credit and he's going to, uh, uh, I'm going to ask him, Kyle, my wife had a random hospital bill pull up. I don't even know how the fuck. So I'm going to obviously have to hire you for that um, to remove that one derogatory. And it's, I think it's probably changed. She has one derogatory and her credit's still in the 700s, but that one thing probably is going to change a lot for her, you know, because little shit like that. Um, my last question for you is, once you fix everyone's credit or you fix your client's credit and they're done with your services... Do you help them, like, or can you advise, can you help them or advise them how to get a credit card with, like, you know, a decent limit or something like that, like, who to apply with and who gives, you know, credit lines and things like that out, or do you just, that's not part of your services? Yeah, no, 100%, man. We like to lead our clients, um, you know, and put them on the right path after we repair their credit. Um, any of your listeners that want to give me a follow, I mean, I'm at International Kyle, International underscore Kyle, excuse me, on Instagram. I'm constantly dropping gems, telling people what they can do to rebuild their credit, um, you know, what they can do to add po positive lines of uh, credit history and just dropping tips out there about what are the best cards to use and how you can continue to get low or no interest loans 
um, so you can use this money again, man, to just get a fresh start um, and maybe, you know, chase your dreams. Well, there it is, you guys. You know, follow international underscore Kyle. Um, we're obviously for listeners, for you listeners, for the BTB Army. Go to www.credit101.com forward slash Ben Baller. And not only will you get this credit consultation, fixing all that for $997, instead of the $2,500 or $3,000 fee, whatever it is, not just will you get that discount, but you're going to be pushed to the front of the line to get your credit fixed. And I know a lot of people were asking about it. I know for a fact that hundreds of listeners have signed up. I think people just forgot to go back to, I don't know if it was episode 81, I don't know if it was episode 115, I don't know. But this episode now has Credit 101 on here. So is there anything else that you want? Is there one? Is there a gem that either one of you, Rob or Kyle, wanted to drop before we get off this interview? I've been stealing the show, man. I'll let Rob take it away. <laughs> no, hey, I, no, you keep saying You're the one who helped me. So, I mean, you know, I, again, I have a finance degree, Ben. You know, we talked about this before. And none of this credit shit was ever taught in school, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, I still learn when I had that ding on my credit, they took it off. I, I always thought credit was a scam until they did it and until they helped some of my uh, football players. And that's why I brought Kyle on. He had to, you know, drop real, some gems. Real quick, man, it, it, the consultation's free. So just just if anyone's getting some confusion out there, I, I know you said you get the consultation. Sorry, my bad. Seven. Sorry about that. I yeah. mean, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll give you the consultation for free. I'll let you know exactly what we can do to help you. Right. If you want to jump on, by all means, go to credit101.com forward slash Ben Baller and just sign up, um, you know, because you're endorsing us. You know, we fixed your credit. We obviously we fixed Rob's credit, um, you know, but if you do want to go ahead and go the extra step, get that free consultation and just hear it from uh, directly from us, what we can do for you, by all means, call in and one of my agents will definitely take care of you. And. Just for the record, guys, I have used several different places before. I have ones that fixed it. I have other things. I found a place that um, I don't know why. I think I might have Googled it. And uh, what I did was they were like, hey, we'll remove every single file for $300. And if you do this many, if you have five or more derogatories, we'll give you a better deal. Look, at the end of the day, if your credit's like bad, bad, and you got three or four things, it, it's the, the 997 is a joke. I, I'm being dead honest with you because he can change it to where, you know, getting it done right, think about the spending power and the amount of money. Some people, okay, you know what? I'm actually going to ask you this, Kyle. I have friends who bash this all the time, say flexing your credit score is so lame, blah, blah, whatever. And I know that Kyle said the credit score is not important, but it is because you can't just have a 500 and think you're going to get a fucking loan. Okay, yeah, between 700 and 800 could be different. Things could be different. One person could just have, you know, good credit and, you know, kind of had minor loans here and there and, and stayed good, whatever. Then you have one guy who's aggressive. And, you know, every time I do a loan on the car, it drops 40 points here and there. But credit is important. And, and Kyle, what do you think about those people that say, oh, well, it's stupid having credit because basically you're just borrowing more money and you're just putting yourself in debt? What do you say about that? They have no idea what they're talking about, man. Some of these <laughs> cards are, are giving you 5% cash back on your money. I mean, I've saved just alone using credit cards to run my ads this year. I've saved over $500,000 on ad spend just by my credit card rewards. So these people have no idea what they're talking about. They don't know the advantages of credit and they're just not educated on the system. And just to your point, credit score is important. I just wanted to emphasize that history is more important than credit score. If you got a 500 credit score, you probably have shit history right? Yeah. If you have a seven or 800 credit score, you might have some better history. So, 
your score definitely does matter. That's just a quick like insight. You know, I can look at someone's credit score and if it's 500, I'm not even going to take the time of day to go over it. But if you do have a, a seven or plus credit score, that's when history starts to, you know, come into play. Um, like you said, man, if you have auto loans, you're going to get, you know, better in, interest rates on your cars and someone might give you an auto loan a lot faster than someone with an 800 because you got more car loans. So just to just to touch on your point again, man, definitely credit is king. Um, and these people are just not educated and we're here to help educate them, bring them up to speed and tell them exactly what they need to do, um, you know, to shift that mindset and understand the advantages that credit does offer. And to wrap it up, I want to say this, guys, understand just because I can afford a three million, four million, two million dollar house, one million dollar boat, whatever it may be, I rather use that cash to leverage for something else, whether it be a business, anything else. So me getting that, you know, just that really attractive, low APR, that helps me a lot. And it's nothing. Think about when you finance, you know, for those of you who have decent credit, whatever, you have an Apple card and you finance your Apple phone for, you know, $1,000 phone for whatever, $14. I mean, think about it. It's nothing. Some people are like, okay. But then it's like, you know, it's, it's just use it to your advantage. And I got to say one more time, uh, not dissing Kyle at all, but you know what, Rob, I do appreciate you bringing Kyle to our platform. Kyle, I do appreciate you bringing all the information and you giving this offer to our listeners. So guys, um, thank you again for coming on. Very informative. Please make sure you go to credit101.com forward slash Ben Baller. If you skip back a little bit before, you'll hear the number to call. The consultation is free and he's giving, it's like 60% off on the credit, you know, fixing. And on top of that, he's pushing you to the front of the line. So guys, again, thank you guys very much. I appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's great talking with you. Yes, sir. All right, yo, Miles, man, throw on some Lakey Lake, man, and let's get to a commercial. We'll be right back. Supercharge your knowledge, your sales, and your success. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash baller, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash baller right now. Shopify.com slash baller. Yo, guys, my gold toaster with network is going to drop on January 31st now. It has been postponed a week. All right, it will not release today. 
because of the sudden suspension of my Instagram account, you know what I mean? We want to put a little more marketing behind it. So be ready for January 31st. Stay tuned to the network app and whether my IG account is back or not before by then, it is going to drop regardless, right? It will not be dropping on Monday, January 31st. Again, that is a week from today. Thank you. I always love the fact that people, this is the most usable item that I've ever dropped, all right? So I spent the last few days in San Francisco and um, just randomly, I was looking at these notes that I have here. I was reading the news headlines and I was like, saw Kyle Rottenhouse was asking for the gun back that he used in those crimes that kill people. Now, I know he's young and stupid, whatever, and he's he's actually seems a lot older when he was on the stand, whatever. He still looks like a little kid, and he is a little kid, technically, still very young. Let me tell you something, Kyle. Even though, you know, you had the law, you know, on your side and whatever, if you've never been in a situation with a gun and never dealt with the DOJ, that's the Department of Justice, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and all the people who handle weapons for the country, that's all over. Understand, if someone was just hurt with a gun you used and you did it in self-defense and it was your legit, it was your gun, you paid for it, let's say you didn't have means to buy another gun, you're not getting that gun back. The chance you getting that gun back is the chances of someone drinking Gatorade and turning nine feet tall. And the fact that people died, no matter how much you have on your side here and there, and that judge was a fucking, you know, racist KKK motherfucker, not going to happen because it's beyond his control. And that I'm thinking about it, after all these years, right, I bought my first gun in 1994, I want to say 94, 95, I bought my first gun, I bought a Glock. And I always wanted one, right? So that is fucking almost 30 years. It's taken that long. I have never brought a gun on the plane, except for when I fly private. When I fly private, no big deal. Never say anything. Boom. Unless I was going overseas, because you got to go through TSA and all shit. I'm talking about anywhere in the 50 states that I flew private, I've always had a gun on me. Now, driving through wherever, I've never really driven out of state here and there, right? But I'm in the RV. Of course, that's my house. Need to protect your house, right? But I brought a gun on the plane with me for the first time. Flew commercial, read the uh, the rules, read the regulations, how to do it, how it needs to be locked. Every airline is different, by the way, too. In certain places, you know, obviously going to New York, you're not going to be able to bring a gun on a plane. It's just not going to happen. I mean, because when you land, boom, they're going to tell you. It's just. But what's mind-boggling to me is at LAX, and I fuck it, I'll put it on blast. At LAX, they weren't even checking. The lady didn't check the gun at the check-in counter. He's like, hey, how you doing? Um, yes, um, I'm uh, you know, checking in my firearm. It's in my bag. Boom. You know, show her. And she's like, oh, beautiful. You know, it's so great that we could travel with guns. She was a super sweet lady and everything. And I was like, do I need to wait for TSA? You know, like maybe, you know, just in case there's an issue. She goes, well, listen out for your name. Because I read that, you know, they might call your name if there's something they need, whatever. She didn't ask me for the password to the fucking safe. Nothing, nothing. Checked it out. I filled out the form. Boom. They taped it on. That was it. Now, coming back from San Francisco. Okay, it was a little different. You know, lady was, was you know, she understood. She gave me the form. I filled it out again. Now for the thing back. Then they sent me to a secondary area where a TSA agent inspected, made sure everything was good on the hockey door. I made sure that I was extra kind to this guy. Wasn't rushing him, was very helpful, gave him the password to the thing. They inspected, they looked at everything, boom. But overall, 
it was maybe a 15-minute process, maybe. Maybe 20 minutes, Mac. But I mean, it was very simple. I was fucking shocked. It was a trip how easy it was. But it was nice having a concealed weapon, you know, in San Francisco just to make sure I was good. But one thing I noticed because all these fucking crazy jackings and shit were going on and I haven't been there in maybe almost a month or something. There are police everywhere in downtown San Francisco, especially in Union Square. I have never seen there's groups walking around. There's cops pulled up. They're outside any of the major stores. There's cops inside the mall. There were cops every fucking where. Now, you know I had to hit Rotunda. And it's been a minute since I got the burger. I've got the Impossible Burger. They don't have their whole menu back. Of course, I always eat the fucking Lobster Club and all this shit and the crab melt and all those things. Obviously, the chicken consomme and the fucking popover I talk about all the time. I'm in San Francisco every single month, obviously, because I got my place there. But the Rotunda this time was exceptionally better. This fucking burger was delectable on levels I can't even tell you. It was just excellent. And again, I just love the ambiance because of the snooty ass people in there that feel like I shouldn't be in there. But it was fucking excellent. Now, went to another restaurant, courtesy of my boy Dave, who's my business partner. He's my young. He is somebody that I look up to because he is so fucking just I can't think of, I, I'm using vocabulary, you know, the app, and I, I'm going to think of some amazing words to describe my business partner, Dave, Korean dude. But not just the culture and his palate and his taste and almost everything. It's just impeccable. He has a spot called The Vault in San Francisco, um, right in the financial district. And we had this fucking Wagyu, $65 an ounce. Had like, I don't know, 21 ounces. I think we had three, eight ounces. We had, she was like butter. Had the tomahawk. Had this fucking uh, egg fried beef, uh, fat rice. Like we had so much shit. He always brings the bomb ass bottles, um, bottles, I'm sorry, of wine. Brought out, broke out some uh, some Camus, some other stuff. He was drinking some the Japanese whiskey. He has, it just was a great time. This dinner we had was... Uh, with one of the real few true weed legends in all 50 states, let alone the Bay Area in California. I would say he's top three in the Bay Area, period. Okay? This is one of Burner's partners, my boy Kenny, Kenny Powers, right, from Powers Up. Him and um, his partner, Jay, we had dinner. I just sit down. I want to get him on the podcast and chop some shit up because this dude, obviously, you know what I'm saying? He created Gary Payton, Cereal Milk. He's had so many different fire strains. And I'm proud to say that we grow his strains, you know what I'm saying, at Sky Pack. And um, we have another farm too. So, you know, we sat down, chopped it up, had a great time. And fucking, I'm just telling you, the vault really surprised me this time. It was very, very good. Um, Low-key, real chill. Obviously, you need to have vaccination to go there. But I always eat good when I'm in San Francisco, even when I'm at Dave & Buster's. And I hit Dave & Buster's in Daly City and had a fucking ball. Like, was out there just having a fucking good old fucking time. Put on my AirPods, listen to some music. I started playing all old school games, new games, you name it, and all that shit. When I was in the Bay, I watched this uh, the Ray Donovan movie. Now, Ray Donovan's probably one of the greatest TV shows in cable history. It's on Showtime, I believe, right? This movie was just not it. 
And I'm fucking kind of disappointed because the fucking show so fucking good. Um, I went to the Chase Center for the first time ever. And I watched the, the Warriors play against the Rockets. Let me say this real quick. Wow. This is hands down the nicest NBA arena I've ever been to in my entire life. Okay. It, I thought Sacramento was really nice and it is, but this is a whole different level. Right. But I will say this. It is lacking like a vibe. It is nice. It's new. It feels like the future, but it don't have that nostalgia. It never will. I get it. But like when Staples Center opened up, I immediately kind of accepted it. I fuck with it. It did. I, I missed the forum and there's some great times of the forum, but it was, I don't know. It, it feels a lot more often. I'm not from the Bay, which a lot of people still think I am. Oracle just will always have that magic. And I was going Oracle way back in the fucking day when it was just a Coliseum. But yeah, went to the game. Steph hit a game-winning buzzer beater. It was his first buzzer beater winning shot ever in his career, which is mind-blowing because he has always hit all these crazy shots. But I noticed in the garage that, and I'm not bullshitting you, 60%, let's say that place holds 27,000 people, 60% of the cars that were driven there were fucking Teslas. I just couldn't fucking believe it but yeah it was just a it was a trip chase center is beautiful it's gorgeous i can't wait to see concert there and my boy john mayer had you played there and there's some big acts of people i know but um definitely want to go to more games there it was cool it's it's a little bit of a shit show down there in south beach in that area but um fuck man i need to go see another game it was crazy i was able to get a ticket two rows from the fucking floor for 700 bucks and the, there was tickets that were worse than mine that were like 25 dollars bucks remember i went by myself that's very weird right and another thing too is i don't you know i didn't have instagram so it's like i didn't really post shit it was just kind of a weird thing but anyways bull bull my nephew my dog is now a boston celtic i've been wanting to talk about it before look i pray that they utilize him in the right way bull is a bucket it sucks that his foot has to have surgery. They're not going to have him for a little bit. He's still going to be able to make it both when the Celtics make the playoffs, whatever. But now I have a legit reason to go to Beantown. I really never had a reason before, even if the fucking Lakers or the fucking uh, the Seahawks are playing, you know, the New England Patriots. And by the way, the new Seahawks schedule is out. I wish I fucking looked at the schedule. I was going to talk about it, but that's fine, whatever. But back to basketball, NBA All-Star game is next month. It is... Uh, the weekend of my mom's birthday, and if I don't get my Instagram account back, I don't think I will be going to the All-Star game, which is another check. Another six figures be down. Am I tripping? No, I'm just saying. I'll probably end up going on vacation with my kids or something because it's President's Day weekend. But um, basketball, the Lakers. We're still at that 500 range right now. We're still at the 500. Our win percentage is still in the 500s. We're, we're right there, okay? But we're dancing with that bullshit. And speaking of the All-Star break, after this All-Star break, we need to turn up. Well, we are toast. And I know LeBron's doing everything he can, but Vogel does need to get fired. And people say, oh, he's not the problem. Shut the fuck up. Don't give a fuck about what your opinion is. He needs to get fired. Now, Russ, I can't call it with Brody, but he got to go too. And not because he's playing the worst season of basketball in his career, but because we, the Lakers, are paying him 40 plus million a year to play this bad. All right, so Lakers, man, we got to get our shit together. You know, um, I said I was going to rant and go off on John Stockton. 
but it's just I'm fucking mind blown. So Gonzaga University, his you know his alma mater, uh, back in the day, after he left, they were talking about back when I was going to college and trying to play somewhere and trying to figure out where I was going to go. Gonzaga is D one always been, but like they were nobody to, like they pop up here and there in the tournament, whatever. But they're okay now. Gonzaga is a force to be reckoned with, right? They're a dope school, whatever. And I guess they had an event, a game, and John Stockton couldn't come because he refused to wear a mask and he's not vaccinated, whatever. And the crazy part about it is this. John Stockton has one of the highest basketball IQs ever. He had the assist record for all this other shit, but he's dumb as fuck. And not even like Aaron Rodgers dumb or anything else, because he said in a fucking interview on the record, he said over 100 plus professional athletes have died of vaccines. Now, I know people say that Trump is censored, and why aren't they talking about this? And somebody goes, how come they're talking about Ghislaine Maxwell? Bitch, they're talking about Ghislaine Maxwell motherfucking trial, you stupid motherfucker. They can't film inside a federal fucking courtroom, you dumb fucks. But now, you know, from factcheck.org, people have already checked it out. Like, yo, that's not true. If you're following science, people say, oh, science, uh, quote, you know, shut the fuck up again. Ain't no 100-plus athletes that basketball, pro basketball players have been playing basketball and died around the court. The only person I could think of that that's happened before to was Hank Gathers. And that was, you know, he had a heart attack and he had a heart, uh, irregular heartbeat. He had a heart murmur. There was no talk about a vaccine. I don't know the fuck he's talking about. But John Stockton, you get fucking jackass of the fucking year for that shit. You a dumb motherfucker. Uh, pivoting to NFL. This was single-handedly the best weekend of NFL football I have ever watched. Now, Saturday's football games, whatever. They were cool. They were, you know, cool because there was upsets, this and that, whatever. I fuck with Joe Burrow. Fuck with the Bengals. I got no issues with the Bengals, you know, whatever. I love that they're, you know, underdogs coming in. But let me tell you, they are going to get motherfucking washed because the Chiefs ain't playing no bullshit ball right now. They are fucking serious. Now, that Rams Bucks game and that well that Chiefs from to watch the Rams and Bucks game in the first two, three quarters are kind of a bore fest. And for Tom Brady to make that comeback and show motherfuckers what time it is, but then for the Rams to really play, because I mean, think about the Rams defense. Then think about their offense. They really got a fucking probably the, the, one of the best teams in the NFL. They really do have an amazing team. Now, the fact that we almost beat them, whatever, boom, we kept it up and they've lost to the Niners and all that bullshit, that don't mean nothing. Right now, listen, Sean McVay, their squad, I don't know, you know, like, it's going to be a motherfucker. I think they washed the fucking Niners at SoFi. I'm not even worried about that. Fuck whatever happened in the past. They're playing for real football right now. And that Bills-Chiefs game is possibly the best football game I have watched in 40-plus years of watching football. Fuck that Chiefs-Raiders game, whatever, blah, blah, blah. This. this was a motherfucker. And what pisses me off is that the Bills are fucking cursed. You know, I've watched a lot of fucking, I don't know if you guys are not old enough, but if you watch football in the late 80s and early 90s, you got to remember, these motherfuckers lost by missing field goals. Super Bowls, not championship games, or you know, or the fucking NFC, AFC. I'm talking about motherfucking Super Bowl wins. Okay? By a fucking field goal. And now for Josh Allen to play as fucking insane as he did. And his squad, they're playing, yo, that shit was just fucking crazy. 
Now, Mahomes got it done. And the thing that started spreading like wildfire on Twitter last night was, should we change overtime? Right? Because the coin toss, think about it. Josh Allen played his hardest. And, you know, they tossed the coin up in the air and he called tails and it was heads. Right? So that means the Chiefs got to score first. Boom. And they did. Mahomes got it done. At the end of the day, the Buffalo Bills have the best defense in the NFL, right? They let him score. And I get it. You know, yeah, they, they should change the rules, whatever. But you know what? At the same time, the Bills should have got it and played better defense and got it done. Now, the thing is this. Would they have said that if, you know, let's say that the rule was different and Josh Allen went down the field and couldn't score? You know, I don't know. It was just weird. It was fucking insane to watch them score 25 points in less than two minutes. But changing over time might not always work. You know, I don't know. At the end of the day, though, you got to get it done. You know, you have to stop them. You got to make a stop and be like, oh, you got to give them a chance to. It's like, I get it. It's just the rules. It is what it is. Pivoting to entertainment. Power. Okay. Power book two. Power period, right? But power book two, ghost. This last episode, episode eight, was fucking insane. I'm sad there's only nine episodes this season. I don't know what the fuck happened. How there's not 10 or 11. It's 50s world. But this last episode turned up to a whole different level. All that shit that was building up, you're like, what the fuck's going to happen with this and what's going on here? I'm not giving no spoilers. Fucking crazy. I might fuck around now once the season ends. I'm going to fuck around and watch everything from one to nine all over again. I cannot wait for next. It's my birthday weekend. You know what I'm saying? We got the fucking NFC, AFC championship. We lit. I'm going to have a great fucking time. My birthday weekend, I'm going to be just chilling. Got no IG? Fuck it. All right? But 50 Cent is the new Aaron Spelling of television. Not the urban Aaron Spelling. He is the fucking Aaron Spelling, the black Aaron Spelling of TV, period. All right? Man. Now, Euphoria. Look, man. I knew it was going to start out a little sus, and they, that's what they're aiming for, and I get it, and cool, whatever. And I'm not spent... More people call me sus than anything, so I get it. But it started out, you know, real sus. Get into it. You know, I get it. They're trying to make Zendaya look ugly. They're trying to make her look goofy and dorky here and there. And then people are like, oh, man, she's so beautiful when you see her in, on Instagram, but whatever. Look, she's not my type. I don't even give a fuck. That's not what we're talking about. But anytime Fez is in there, my boy Angus Cloud, the show just gets to a different level, right? And, you know, and there's some shit. There's fucking. There's all kinds of stuff. This episode was definitely better than the last episode. Um, I like the show, regardless, you know, and there's some things on there. And, and I know that's just what kids are like today, which is fucking frightening, right? But there's some real shit on there. We're talking about drugs and other shit. It's definitely some real life shit. So I'm excited to see what happens for the season. I don't know, because that first episode, that opening fucking season two, episode one, was so gangbanging. I, I just don't know what to think, right? But yeah, I got back yesterday and uh, I had brunch with wifey. My father-in-law and mother-in-law decided to take the kids to uh, Cheesecake Factory, you know, their favorite. And uh, I took my wifey to, uh, I took my wife, I took Nicolette to Chaconis. Now, me and Nicolette haven't been to Chaconis in almost 10 years, probably 10 years. Sunday brunch at Chaconis, forget about it, right? I had truffle scrambled eggs, fucking prosciutto with a burrata cheese. It was open face with a fucking brioche bun that was so soft, felt like a pillow, right? 
and she had her little um, green eggs and whatever, and we had some, um, um, what the fuck is that shit called, calamari, that was delicious, this fucking spicy aioli sauce, and she had a couple drinks, you know, I had my little iced tea, just chilling, but then we both felt like, let's have some dessert, we rarely get to have these Sunday times, you know, on our own, you know, ambiance, everything just felt right, it was a great fucking brunch, great time with my wife, we had these profiteroles, oh my god, I might go back, it's like that butter cake at Mastro's, these fucking profiteroles, with the chocolate sauce, and this fucking salted caramel ice cream, mm, it was so fucking good, I 100% have to go back, and have that shit again. But guys, that is all the time we got for this episode. I told you my energy is different now. Fuck that. We come in two a week. We got video coming soon. I'm going hard body, karate. I'm not fucking playing games. All right, guys. We're going to do fan questions next Monday. 100%. I promise you. It's going to do them this Thursday, but you know, it's not enough time. So listen very carefully, guys. Send your questions to... Ben Baller did the blockchain at gmail.com. All right. I will read them on next Monday's episode. So make sure you do that. We will follow up once a month with fan questions. Like, as you know, I know we fell off a little bit, but we are here. Yo, this show has got over 11 million downloads so far. Like, we're not fucking around over here. Now, waited for the last minute to tell you guys I have a bunch of clothes that I'm going to give away, all name brand. You know, Nike, all kinds of shit, all lit shit, barely worn, sometimes lightly worn, some brand new. And I'm going to get some more stuff and I'm going to give these clothes away to a very lucky BTB listener. Sucks it's not a girl, but maybe a girl who's listening, maybe it's for your boyfriend. Now, if you are an XL in tops and you wear a large bottom, like 34, 36 waist, someone is going to come up. Some of the shorts are really short because that's my style. I don't wear anything long, but there is some fresh ass shit and there is a lot of money in clothes. I just need to get rid of a bunch of shit. I even have more stuff that I'm going to give away. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do it because I don't know what kind of boxes fit in. It's like over 40, 50 items. By the next few days, could be, you know, 70, 80 items. That's a lot of stuff. So stay tuned. I'm only giving away to a BTB Army member. All right. Love you guys. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We'll be back on Thursday. We are back two times a week. BTB Army, much love. Make it a great day. This is not your practice life. I love you guys. All right, see you guys on Thursday, y'all, on my birthday. Don't forget, happy birthday, Ben Baller on Twitter. Yo, we're out. Yo, Lakey. All right, take us to the crib, y'all. Peace.